WWE announces the return of Roman Reigns for the month of October. Yes, the Tribal Chief is making his return to WWE. Oh, we're going to talk about it. NXT takes a massive hit in their viewership this week. Oh, we're going to talk about it. And it's the cliffhanger from AEW Dynamite last night that's got the whole professional wrestling world talking. All of that and so much more to discuss in this very podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli and welcome to another edition of Rufus Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a wild episode for you guys today. Today, there is really no show review. Yes, there is going to be little bits of collision dynamite sprinkled here and there in today's podcast, but really no full show review. There are some topics. There are a bunch of stuff to discuss, but today is going to be one of those episodes to where things are going to be all over the place, <laughs> let's just say. Um, so obviously, of course, as you guys know, a lot of done these reviews on Thursdays today, we talk a lot about, uh, AEW for collision and dynamite. And yes, we are going to get to a lot of AW dynamite, especially as you heard in my cold open, a major cliffhanger, uh, was, uh, was planned or was produced on last night's show. And we're going to dissect into that because there is a lot to discuss in regards to that. Um, as well as some other stuff if we do have time. Today's show might be a little bit shorter than normal than most episodes, um, as your boy does have a busy day, a busy weekend plan. Of course, you know, I've mentioned um, I do have a, a half marathon uh, that I will be racing on Saturday, um, as well as, you know, other business to attend uh for this weekend as well as work and all that and all that good stuff but uh so today's episode might be a little bit shorter or who no who knows maybe this show still might go over a freaking hour <laughs> you guys know me when i talk pro wrestling you know i i tend to go longer than i normally plan to <laughs> so um but let's jump straight into this man Let, let's let's dive straight into it so obviously uh from the cold open i guess i should start off with roman reigns right uh, Roman Reigns um, from WWE, he is planning to return October 13th for Friday Night SmackDown, uh, for Friday Night SmackDown, as well as a house show uh, that very next night. And pretty much you're not going to see him, um, at least after the last three weeks, you probably won't see him again for the foreseeable future, as he is at least booked as of right now. Uh, to be a part of SmackDown, a house show, and I believe there's another SmackDown uh, coming up October 27th, um, if I'm not mistaken, or sometime at the end of October, uh, that Roman Reigns is scheduled to be a part um, of WWE television. So there you go, guys. The Tribal Chief is making his grand freaking return to WWE. Um, so, it's, so it seems like, uh, and of course, 
WWE, I believe, has a Saudi show coming up soon. I'm not sure what the name of that show is. I have to dig more research and uh, look more into that. But I but I know that there is a Saudi show coming up soon. So, you know, obviously you're going to have Roman Reigns be a part of that show. Um, you know, there's been talks, of course, about with AJ Styles and maybe other, you know, potential, you know, opponents for Roman Reigns to face for his said title. So obviously, you know, they, they haven't planned uh, coming back in that juncture, um, as well as house shows, of course, with ticket sales, trying to boost up some ticket sales and some other small venues and that that whole fun jazz, of course. So and then, you know, he's going to go right back to his however long vacation until till freaking I'm sure survivor series or later on uh later in 2023 and 2024 so so yeah that is the news with Roman Reigns you know it's just I mean this is what we've kind of expected with Roman ever since he he pretty much won way back at WrestleMania 39 we knew that he was going to be more part-time than ever you know he was going to be on a you know he's going to less or wrestle very, very fewer matches. He's going to be on very short, you know, smaller, a smaller schedule, not as many dates to be on shows. You know, this is, this is what we anticipated. So I can't, you know, I can't really say that we should be shocked <laughs> in, in regards to that. It's taken this long for Roman Reigns to finally be back on, on WWE television. Um, but you know, this is, this is how they want to drag out this title reign to get to one of their bigger pay-per-view events you know, Roman Reigns, again, you know, he's he's your he's your top guy. They want to continue to drag out that championship run. And, and this is what we got. So it'll be October 13th for SmackDown when he will return. Obviously, I'm sure it's going to be in some type of relationship with Jimmy Uso and his involvement being in back back with the bloodline. It seems like they really want to really rest on that side of the story in regards to that um, as well. Of course, you know, maybe. Uh, some involvement with AJ Styles or who knows, you know, maybe someone else that completely just comes out of the woodworks. I've been hearing like a bad bunny, uh, bad bunny, you know, he, I believe he like on Twitter uh, or on social media or whatever, he called out Roman Reigns about going after his championship. So maybe they want to do that for Saudi as well. Or do they do AJ Styles? I'm sure it's going to be, you know, those two names are probably at least top two candidates to face Roman. Um, at least for that time being, but we'll see. So that is that is your news for Roman Reigns, as I'm sure a lot of you guys know um, in regards to that. So we'll see how that October 13th date, um, you know, digresses, and we'll see what they have in store for Roman uh, leading into that Saudi show as well as Survivor Series. So that is the news about Roman. So now let me get into NXT. Um, so NXT, man, you know, as you guys know, me and Brian, as well as many special guests have been on the show talking a lot about NXT and what, who are they? What is their identity? What are they trying to achieve? What are, what are all these main roster talents doing on here? People like Judgment Day, people like freaking Baron Corbin, and now, you know, people like Becky Lynch now over the last several weeks. Um, as a lot of those main roster talents were not on NXT uh, this past Tuesday. Of course, Rhea Ripley's in a leave of absence right now, selling a rib injury. Becky Lynch was not a part of Tuesday because she was too busy defending the fucking the NXT Women's Championship on Monday. So, you know, Tuesday night was left out with no NXT Women's Championship as uh, NXT took a massive hit 
in their television ratings this week. So as of late, man, you know, NXT, you know, because of these main roster talents being on the show, getting little, you know, I've always talked about, you know, trying to get that little, little cheap pop in viewership, that 100K viewership and ratings with these main roster talents being a part of the show. As, you know, as of late, man, they've, they've hit very, they've hit record numbers and good for them right you know record numbers in regards to you know people like becky lynch being on the show you know i believe they pulled in a couple weeks ago it was eight hundred and fifty thousand viewership just last week it was 820 some odd thousand viewership and this week man they lost over two hundred thousand viewers um just from last week as their viewership this week was six hundred and thirty six thousand uh, for for NXT as I will go over a little bit of NXT as I do have some notes in regards to the show not the entire show but at least some good chunk of the show but yeah man I mean look this is uh it's <laughs> it, it's it's an interesting just a really weird situation right because I know I talk about ratings and viewership and guys regardless of what promotion whatever show whatever you're trying to accomplish in regards to a wrestling promotion right losing 200k in viewership and television ratings it, it, in, in one week, in a one week span is never good, you know, and I get it. You know, it, you know, the major impact is, is pretty much Becky, the judgment day, all these other main roster, bigger main roster talents, not being on the show. I get it. And, and, and honestly, the, the biggest, the biggest blunder out of all of it is the fact that this was a go home show. This is your go home show uh to what nxt has an upcoming pay-per-view for uh no mercy nxt Mo no mercy which is this saturday so it, it it does suck to see that number drop so heavily leading to a big pay-per-view so and, and that's and that's the thing right it's just was this show that bad or was it the fact that just the main roster talents weren't there you know, and I and and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who defend the case of Becky Lynch winning the title, being a part of the show, defeating people like Tiffany Stratton. They see these numbers and they say, "Oh, see, I told you so." Becky Lynch, she draws in the viewership, and look, look what happens when she's not on the show. But hold on a second, guys. You know, there's here here here's what I'll say in regards to this before before I get into this show. Right? You know, people want to defend the case with Becky Lynch winning this championship and, and, and doing all this stuff in NXT over the past several weeks, but not so fast. You know, it's it is like, do you want to have Becky Lynch on the show? You know, is to an extent, can you have Becky Lynch on the show and to deliver good viewership, some higher viewership in, in your television rating? Sure. But I've stated this so many times with Becky Lynch. It's not just her being on the show. Right. It's not about people like Rhea Ripley being on the show, the Judgment Day and all these other people. It's the fact that now you're overshadowing all of these NXT talents, especially your women's division, that could be drawing in casual fans. But the only thing that NXT is promoting or has or the, the only thing that they really have to offer in regards to getting that 100K, 200K plus in viewership is people like Becky Lynch, you know? So, and, and that's, that's really, that, that's really the, you know, the blunder uh, about it, you know, is, is now NXT is now kind of stuck to where they need to find kind of that happy medium to where, you know, if you're going to put NXT if, or if you're going to put main roster talent onto the show, 
you have to do it in a way to where no one else feels overshadowed because now once you take those people off the show, you know, it makes people like JC Jane, Thea Hale, Roxanne Perez, people like even like people like Trick Williams and others don't make them feel as important. You know, because all all these main roster talents are doing is that you're they're just taking these fucking titles and they're just they're just taking their ball and they're shipping it and they're going straight back to, to to the main roster on Monday Night Raw. So, and that's the thing too when it comes to these ratings. You know, yes, it's good to see, it's good to see these ratings go up. It's good to see that little spark in the viewership go up. But is that really helping the NXT brand? Is that really helping? People like JC Jane. Is that really helping people like Gigi Dolan, people like Trick Williams, and all these people that when you do put these main roster talents onto the show, you know, what's really what's really the main what what's really the main thing to talk about? What's what's the main focus out of everything? You know? And but here, but if you're going to do such, if you're going to put people like a Becky Lynch, like a Rhea Ripley, it has to be done to where they are also feeling a certain type of way instead of just having a really good wrestling match and getting star power where it's just a main roster talent just whipping a, a, a developmental because, again, that's what, again, Triple H's words, not mine, you know, referring to NXT as this developmental system. And it's kind of a weird image for these main roster talents, kind of like, you know, I make the reference about pro professional athletes going to college and just whipping beating the shit out of these college athletes or freaking major league freaking guys coming over down to the minor leagues and just whipping on minor league prospects right it it's just it's not a good look in regards to what triple h and the words that he's mentioned with ariel hawani in the past of what this nxt image is supposed to be and i think that that's kind of the main thing out of all of this is because of those words that triple h has said you know now it's what's the what's the true identity like what is nxt truly accomplishing is it to get that extended viewership or is it to truly help these nxt prospects you know but the blunder is that you do sacrifice a couple hundred 150k 200k viewership and ratings you know so it's 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 definitely a rock and a hard place type of situation you know in in regards to all of this but um but it's a shame man it, it really is a shame to to hear these numbers for NXT because you know as much as i continue to you know express just my frustration in regards to how all of this experiments with people like Becky and Rhea and all these other main roster talents being on the show and how it's just negatively affected everyone else on the roster and they just don't feel a certain type of way because all they're doing is just taking their championships. All they're doing is taking is just giving them L after L after L and just going back to the main roster. It's just, you know, it's just not really a good look. But again, if but if you don't have these main roster people on your on your show, you know, you do sacrifice that viewership. But is that viewership, that extra 100K, 200K in viewer, viewership, really helping NXT? Is it really helping the brand? And is it really helping the future of your company? That's the question, you know? And, and that's something that WWE really needs to figure out, you know, moving forward. 
Um, and again, man, it's just, it sucks the fact that, you know, NXT has such a big pay-per-view coming up um, this coming weekend. And they took, they just, again, a major hit was taken in this viewership. Um, you just, you just hate to see it, man. But this is the pickle that WWE has put them in because of words of triple of the words that have freaking came out of triple H's mouth, as well as, you know, many other, m many other aspects. So, um, but that's, that's pretty much it, man. That that's, those are pretty much my thoughts in regards to just this whole situation with this viewership, man. So, but, uh, but let's just say, I mean, was this show that bad or is, is it just the fact that the main roster talents weren't on this show? So again, I do have a few notes here of the show. Again, I'm not going to go over this entire show, pretty much just main of the main key, main, main key things that happened in this show. So, uh, let me go down the list, shall we? So the first thing I have is Dijak. So Dijak ended up losing a strap match um, again to the person I do not remember the name of. I apologize. <laughs> um, it, it's just, yeah, it's just with Dijak, man. So obviously you guys know of Dijak, right? It, it's It sucks to see Dijak just take this type of loss because of just the amount of momentum that he had um after that dragon off feud and how tremendous that match was not too long ago uh the person that he lost to was eddie thorup i hope i'm pronouncing that name right that's in my notes here um as he lost some lost to to eddie in a strat match it's just yeah man i mean you guys know how high i'm on freaking on dijack i think this dude coming out of that dragon off feud should have been kicking on all cylinders um, not just because I personally like the dude, because he just fits the bill with everything that a professional wrestler needs. And I think after this whole retribution stick freaking ended, this was that this was something that Dijak has needed for the test of time. And and that Dragonoff feud was 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 something that put him back on the map. And now he's just been going fucking backwards. Um, but the, I mean, overall, from what I saw in the match, the match was still freaking good. He did tremendous freaking heel work. So I can't say it did too much damage to him. But at some point, man, like the I, again, I, I've said I've said this about a lot of major NXT talents, again, going up against main roster talents. But for the for, for people like Dijak, who who are big prospects, who are big names for this brand should should be at a point where to where they're really kicking their their NXT careers to the next level and just taking this loss in the strat match it's just you know it's it's unfortunate man and and, and a similar a similar superstar um over in AEW kind of took a similar loss on collision I'll I'll mention that later on in this in this podcast so that was for Dijak uh to, that that was later on uh, in the first hour, the next thing I have in regards to, and plus, and, and before I do get to that, the next thing pretty much was just Dijak. To, you know, he, he beats up Eddie after the match, and again, just kind of weird. He loses a big match and a strap match, and he just kind of just good old fifty-fifty booking, pretty much. It's just doesn't really make anybody really feel special, as well as for Eddie's sake. So. I don't know, man. It's just, it's very weird what they're doing with Dijak. I mean, Shawn Michaels and NXT, they are, they have been really dropping the ball with Dijak. They really, truly are. And it really sucks to see. Um, so my next topic though, for NXT is Trick Williams. 
Um, as you guys saw, <laughs> I made a little like Instagram reel about freaking uh, Trick Williams' theme song, as that's been a very popular, <laughs> popular thing going on in, in the wrestling world is Trick Williams' new theme song and how people love to dance to and shit. Shout out to Trick Williams, by the way. Um, you know, he was he uh he he reposted uh that video that I had um uh, on Instagram. I believe it's it's I'm sure it's up on his profile right now. Um, as well as, you know, he he reposted on his story from that day. So shout out to him, man. Uh, but Trick Williams, man, it seem, he seems to be gaining a lot of momentum since he's been in departure with Carmelo Hayes um, as he defeated Joey Gacy in a two-minute match. Now I'm going to get to Joey Gacy in just a second uh, as, as Trick Williams won that match and he went on to be a part of a fatal foray match to become the number one contender for Dominic's North American title as he defeated. And again, I believe it was Tyler Bate, Dragon Lee, and somebody that I'm forgetting the name of, but Dragon Lee and Tyler Bate were in that match and Trick Williams won that match. So Trick Williams is really, really getting that push to be the guy to maybe potentially to be the next North American champion um, as trick Williams seems to be like, you know, the flavor, the flavor of the month, I guess, as of right now. Um, so look, man, I mean, look with trick Williams, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind it, man. You know, especially when it comes to Carmelo, you know, maybe there's big plans for Carmelo. We're not hearing too much from Carmelo Hayes and, you know, just, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, they could be, you know, setting something up in regards to that. You know, we haven't really heard Carmelo mention much about Trick, and now Trick is gaining all this momentum. Is that maybe going to lead to something down the road to where, you know, their friendship kind of comes to a crossroads because of what's transpiring right now because of Trick's involvement with uh, as a singles competitor? Um, but yeah, man. So just it's I I, I like. I like it. I, I, I like it with, with Trick Williams. He definitely has, at least in the NXT brand, um, he is definitely becoming one of those top guys right now, you know, in such a short amount of time as well. So, so yeah, man, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, I'm on, I'm on board with the push to get the title over Dominic. I think at this point, you know, you want to give somewhat that title the hot hand off of Dominic. And I you know as of right now, Trick Williams seems to fit the bill with that. So who so who knows, man? So he beats Joey Gacy and he wins a fatal four match. So he will face um Dominic Mysterio as he will be um as as he will uh, as he will as he is the number one contender for the North American championship. Of course Mustafa Ali was supposed to be <laughs> the number one contender uh, for that, for that championship. And of, of course you guys know, uh, my man got Das Boot as he was great or he was released from WWE just last week, or has it been two weeks ago, man, time is freaking flying by. <laughs> I want to say it's been about a week, week and a half, two weeks ago now since the releases, but so yeah, so trick Williams getting this push and, and who know, and you know, it, it, and if, and if this is also, if this is also leaning to something with Carmelo, which I think could be really, truly special, something in regards to like a JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, hell, even like a Tommaso Champ or Johnny Gargano, I'm not saying it's going to be, ever, it's, it could get to that level, but it could have that similar type of vibe. Um, and speaking of Carmelo Hayes, I'm going to jump straight into him as well as Dragunov as they had, or they have a 
big uh, title match coming up for that No Mercy pay-per-view. They had a contract signing, very good, solid contract signing. These two have actually had some good, some good interactions between each other um, as of late, man. Um, it's always a good sign when a contract signing doesn't always end in, in a brawl, right? I feel like with contract signings over the last several shoot years <laughs> has really kind of gotten redundant with the whole brawl scene, you know, kind of change it up a bit. You know, the fact that there was hardly any, there was really no contact at all. There was no brawling. There was no nothing. Um, you know, just, again, it's just something that every contract signing just likes to do. Um, so I like that. Uh, it was very, very good. However, with Dragunov, man, and this is where it kind of ties into what I was talking about with Trick Williams. Dragunov right now, you know, and I know with, you know, Dragunov, I've spoken about Dragunov as well being the guy, you know, that just makes sense to take the title off of Gunther. However, if that's not the case, if, if, if Dragunov is going to be in NXT for the foreseeable future, it's his time to take this, this, this NXT championship. Um, it, it really is because man, you know, he's already, he already lost the first time. I believe this is the second matchup against Carmelo Hayes. So man. And, and, and the thing is with Carmelo, man, like, I think he's at the point now to where he doesn't really need that title. I think that he could tell a lot of really good stories when it comes to being in non-title feuds at this point. Um, and I just think that Dragunov just needs that title a lot more right now than Carmelo. You know, we know that Carmelo is going to debut, I'm sure, at some point on the main roster. You know, he's, he's, you know, we know he is a potential future star. I mentioned him in a top five list not too long ago for, I'm sure, WWE has their eyes set for making them, making him the future of the company. But for Dragunov, man, like if he's going to be in NXT for the foreseeable future, that has to be your guy at, at, at the top right now, Dragonoff is really fucking good, guys. I'm telling you, this to everything about this dude from in, in every aspect of his game. Every single time I watch this dude, the more impressed I am with him. And he, right now, he has deserved, and I don't like using that word "deserved," when he has earned the right to be that top guy in, for these for the NXT brand. So, but we shall see. We shall see as they have their big title match coming up. Um, and again, man, this could lead to, and if Melo does drop that title at some point, maybe it, it maybe it's to Dragunov, maybe it is to somebody else down the road. But again, man, Melo hasn't, he, he's been kind of really been, really been, you know, on the other side of the spectrum when it comes to tricks, to tricks journey towards this North American championship. So again, it just makes you wonder, you know, these two are going to butt heads some down. Uh, down the road and that's going to develop into a story moving forward so we'll see you know the the ball's in their court it's it's sitting in their lap and now it's it's up to nxt and hbk and everyone else involved to uh to, to pull the trigger um it's up next uh jc jane and thea hale as it seems like they're forming a little bit of a bond um in, in regards to uh i guess this team involved now there's no longer nxt tag titles involved because of that whole freaking unification, I've spoken very, very freaking uh, <laughs> just, you know, expressed my frustrations in regards to that whole situation with that unification in this women's tag division. Um, but with JCJ, man, look, it's just as much as I truly believe that this woman can thrive as a singles competitor, 
I do like the fact of the time and effort as of late they've been putting with Thea Hale and JC Jane as a team. Of course, Thea Hale was a part of um, Chase University, and now she's kind of made that departure. And JC Jane is now kind of taking her under her wing to be a real woman, a woman that really stands up for herself, like a changed woman. Um, so, and who knows, maybe this, you know, eventually also leads to a turn because here's the thing too, in regards to the women's championship. And this is once again, where I bring up JC Jane in this regard, you know, Tiffany Stratton, it seems like she's not going to win back this championship. Why? Because well, Becky Lynch is promoted to, um, to also defend her championship against Tegan Knox on Monday. They had that big face off and it seems like they're already teasing the fact that Becky Lynch is going to defeat Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch is going to continue at least for the, at least for the time being holding on to that championship. So that begs the question, who takes that title away from Becky? JC Jane could be on that freaking list. And, you know, who, and this could potentially continue to, you know, expand this friendship with Thea Hale. Thea Hale helps JC Jane in the regard of taking that championship away from Becky Lynch. Um, Cause again, it's just like, cause the thing is with Becky, man, it's just like, how long can you really drag that out with her being the NXT women's championship? And if it's not Tiffany Stratton, because if she's not going to win it this Saturday, and who knows, maybe she will win it this Saturday. But it's just the fact that, you know, this past or this coming this coming Monday on Raw, you have Tegan Knox in an upcoming NXT women's title match. It's just I highly doubt that it's going to be Tiffany Stratton in that in that role. So with that being said, the only really top heel, female heel in the NXT division that I can think of, well, there's two. One is JC Jane. And two is Blair Davenport. And as of right now, man, JC Jane, for what she's got rocking with, and it sucks that she's kind of just been lost in the shuffle because of freaking Rhea Ripley's involvement with NXT. And ever since that JC Jane feud, her momentum has really died down as of late. And I'm telling you, man, something, you know, this involvement with Thea Hale and being a part or being the woman to take that NXT championship away from Becky Lynch and developing a further story with Thea Hale and JC Jane. To me, man, that that's, that's, that's a pretty cool way to go about things. You know, it does wonders for JC Jane because she's taking away that NXT championship. However you want to do that. I'm sure they're not going to have it as like a, They'll probably do it in some type of triple threat because I'm sure they don't want to have Becky just take the pinfall clean or any type of way with with, with JC Jane. Um, but at some point, man, you would think that there's a further story being planned here between JC Jane and Thea Hale. And if that's the if that's what you, that's how you want to book it as such then J.C. Jane being the top woman that she's earned, not deserved, but earned, and telling a and telling a potential really good story with Thea Hale and how may, you, know, you can go about the fact that she's been using her, you know, using her to be her best friend, to change her, to help her to be her own, to do her own personal bidding to get to the top spot in, in NXT. Just saying, man, a lot of this stuff is, is really, 
you know, it's, 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 it's falling, it's sitting in their lap. And it's, and again, it's like I mentioned with, with, with dragon off as well as, you know, Carmelo Hayes and trick Williams, it's, you know, it's, it's up to them for them to really execute and see where that goes. But shout out to JC Jane. I can't speak. So I can't speak any highly about the woman I've been ever since the whole toxic attraction thing, you know, and then once she departed that whole faction, when Mandy Rose left and started that GG Dolan feud, and JC Jane, you, you can tell this woman is extremely freaking talented. Is she a great technical wrestler? Well, no. But guess what? She doesn't fucking need to be because she checks off every other freaking box. And my final topic or final subject for NXT is Braun Breaker as, as well as Baron Corbin. It seems like they're starting um, in a feud um, as I believe they have a non-title singles matchup uh, coming up for uh, NXT No Mercy as well. Now, I'll be honest with you, man. Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, eh, I'm 50-50 with it. I mean, I'm, I like Braun Breaker, so I'm sort of interested. And then there's Baron Corbin to where, you know, Baron Corbin's just, I don't know, is he a lone wolf? Is he a happy Corbin? Is he a sad Corbin? I, I don't fucking know. Baron Corbin's just there. But man, I will say this. They were involved in a really just a really good brawl. Just again, they were just brawling on every different points of the arena, just brawling everywhere throughout the arena. Um, again, just making it feel special, right? It's just, it was just very, really, really well done. If you guys haven't checked it out, please go check it out. Um, you know, just, it just, it was a really just a solid way to end the show heading into No Mercy. The spear that Braun Breaker delivered to Baron Corbin through the office, uh, through an office wall that led into Shawn Michaels' office and then all the security and everything, you know, tr try to get involved. I thought it was freaking, thought it was freaking tremendous, man. Uh, really, really was. You know, listen, man, I know I speak, I've spoken about just people brawling just to brawl, but if you make a brawl segment, you know, putting putting time and care and effort into it, it can be really good. And you do the brawl segments when when it's needed to have a brawl <laughs> instead of just having the brawl. So yeah, man, I can't say this match is the most mat is, is the is the match that I'm looking forward to the most or hardly at all. But for what this <clears throat> excuse me, for what this was um this past Tuesday, um not bad at all. Not bad at all, man. You know, and hopefully Braun Breaker continues this shtick with his heel character because it's got tremendous freaking potential once it does get to the main roster. Um, hopefully they have this character into the main roster. I hope to God they don't change it into a force baby face type of a character. This, this guy is, he's, he's got way too much good stuff going on right now with this character. Bring that into the main roster when it is his time to do such. So, and that's pretty much it, man. Again, and props to Baron Corbin as well. You know, even though I've <laughs> I've said a lot of things about Baron Corbin in, in regards to his character changes and just being every single type of gimmick you can possibly imagine. Um, but for what he did, man, and, and he's had his moments with people like freaking Carmelo Hayes as well as people with Braun Breaker. You know, he's had his moments. And, and I've always said it about Baron Corbin. He has a place. But it's just unfortunate that, that, that WWE is just pretty much it's pretty much failed him uh, for 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 such a long time now in regards to just the just failing to connect with an audience. So, but it, you know, will he connect an with an audience now in regards to what he's involved with with Braun Breaker? I don't know, but 
for what this was, once again, tremendous stuff from both men. And overall, man, decent little show. Again, from what I was able to, from what I was able to catch in regards to all these people involved. And and again, man, it sucks with the rating, but does that extra rating, you know, or extra hundred K in viewership is is it is it truly helping the company? You know, is sacrificing some of these ratings a good thing for the company? You know, but that's something that WWE has to figure out moving forward. If you are going to put main roster talents on the show, you have to do it in a way where you don't make everyone else look like amateurs, look like schmucks. You do it in a way to where everybody is elevated. And that's it. So, and that's pretty much NXT, man. Um, and of course, we'll talk more about NXT. Um, I'm sure next week I'm going to find a way to talk about um, NXT No Mercy because I will. Um, do the best I can to catch that pay-per-view um, when I am able to. And I will definitely give my thoughts and my takes in regards to how that pay-per-view goes down as that is NXT Mo No Mercy this Saturday. So make sure you guys go check that out. Um, check out that pay-per-view this Saturday coming up. All right. And now it is time for our our final topic, our third and final topic. And that is AEW. And it is the the cliffhanger that has been the talk of the entire professional wrestling world. And of course, you guys know it involves um, MJF and Adam Cole and this entire storyline that they got rocking with right now. So, um, so obviously, you know, and with Collision, I'll have some stuff in regards to the Collision, maybe, you know, to end the show, to end things a little bit. Uh, but for Dynamite, man, this was a, this was a really, really solid show and i don't then again you guys know from from listening to this podcast for for listening to uh to a lot of aw dynamite reviews and review shows there's a lot of shit man that just freaking makes me want to slam my head through a fucking wall right um but this was a very story driven show you know you had some wrestling in there for all the little you know the geeks and all the little marks that like just great technical wrestling but majority of this show man was storyline driven which was really freaking awesome to see but the main thing the main headline was MJF and Adam Cole in the storyline but before i get into that cliffhanger let me let me kind of paint the picture for everybody so um so in hour number 1 or towards later on in hour number 1 uh, MJF and Adam Cole, they were on a boat um, in Long Island, somewhere in Long Island. You know, they're drinking beers, they're fishing, they're having a good time. Um, and, you know, MJF talks to, he's talking to Cole about his friendship with Roderick Strong. He's like, dude, like, what's the, you were on the phone a very long time last week. You know, when you, you, you know, so I wish you could have been out there earlier for my match with Samoa Joe and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Adam Cole's like, listen, man, you got, you got to understand, you know, Roderick Strong's my boy. That's my dude. You know, and, you know, I know you're new to this friendship thing, but like, it's okay to have more than one friend. <laughs> right. And then Adam Cole, and then frick, this was really funny. Freaking MJF. He goes to grab Adam Cole a beer. He's like, you want a beer? And Adam Cole's like, yeah, I'll take one. And he walks in like the camera set up uh, of MJF walking to get a beer from his cooler. And he takes out his diamond ring while MJ or well, Adam Cole has his back turned. And all of a sudden, like Adam Cole gets like a sense his senses kick in. He's like, uh, Max, 
you didn't bring me out here just to hit me with your diamond ring and throw me overboard, did you? <laughs> and Adam and MJ is like, no, I would never do such a thing. Absolutely not. And he like tucks the diamond ring back into his fucking pants or whatever the fuck. It was just fucking hysterical. Um, but yeah, and then like, you know, Adam Cole's like, listen, man, like I understand, you know, you're you're new to this whole friendship thing. He's like, listen, you know, Roderick Strong is my friend. And, you know, it's okay to have more than one friend. Like, it's healthy. It's 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 okay to do, you know. And and MJF's like, you know, hey, you know, I respect that. That's, you know, and they kind of just like get, you know, very, you know, I guess, you know, just personal, I guess, you know, talking about their friendship and say, listen, I, I respect that. You know, you're my boy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, <laughs> the segment ends, you know, they begin to fish and they catch a, a, a great white, a great white that is Paul White. The big show <laughs> as they freaking he's in a freaking floaty with this. I thought uh, it, was, it was just guys. I know it's it, like you, if you haven't watched the show and the way I'm dissecting this, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Guys, go freaking watch it. Um, it's just it was a it was one of those vignettes to where it was just an MJF Adam Cole special that we've just gone. We've just grown to love over the past several weeks. Um, so that was a really kind of a funny little tune up to to later on in the second hour. As second hour, uh, MJF and Adam Cole hit the ring uh, to begin hour number two of Dynamite. Adam Cole is on crutches. So obviously you guys know uh, Adam Cole did develop an injury um, with his ankle as he pretty much broke his ankle in three places. Uh, Britt Britt Baker made a post on Twitter and I think on Instagram about the injury, the um, x-ray in regards to in, in regards to the injury. Um, so again, you know, prayers to, to Adam Cole, hopefully it's a speedy recovery. Um, but it still seems like Adam Cole is going, is still going beyond to tell this story, even with this injury as Adam Cole's out there on crutches, Adam Cole states that because of his injury, they have to relinquish the ROH titles, you know, MGF refuses like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he states like, that's not happening, man. He's like, listen, you know, you always told me how much these ROH tag titles mean to you. So this coming Saturday or this coming Sunday um, at Wrestle Dream, as freaking AEW also has a pay per view coming up in Wrestle Dream in, in Seattle, Washington, as he will defend by himself, he will defend the ROH tag titles against the Righteous, I believe is the tag uh, tag team name. By the way, I've seen clips of the Righteous man. That's that's something that that's something that can work. By the way, again, just throwing that out there. They the little vignettes I've seen them uh, be a part of. It's like this. It's it's just different. I, I mean, a lot of people have mentioned about Bray, like the Wyatt family type of vibes. I can, I definitely feel that. <laughs> Honestly, is it to the extent of a Wyatt family? Absolutely not. But is but are there vibes? Are there feels of it? Absolutely, man. That 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 little team uh, definitely has something there. If again, if Tony Khan wants to wants to book them as such, or he just sees them as an ROH team just to pop up here and there and just for nobody to give a fuck about, but who knows? Um, so yeah, so frick, so MGF states, he's going to defend those titles by himself, uh, against righteous for those, for the ROH tag titles. Roderick strong interrupts, Adam, <laughs> Adam, <laughs> fucking just yelling again, man, Roderick strong. I said it last week, dude, Roderick strong and what he's in, what he's involved in with this whole, this whole shtick, man. And, you know, I give the dude credit, you know, he's making it, he's really making it work with this like ex-girlfriend type of shtick, this ex-girlfriend crazy 
shtick he's got going on. So props to Roderick Strong in that aspect. As he's like, you know, screaming at Cole that he needs him. He's like, you need to come here. It's like, I need, I need you. This is something, it's an emergency. You know, come on, I need you. And Adam, and then MGF's like, listen, as much as I think Roderick Strong is nothing more than a simp, <laughs> listen, I know that he is, a, you know, you, you told me on that boat and it stuck with me. And, you know, listen, I, you know, he's your boy and I know he's your boy. He's like, listen, do what you got to do and I'll be here when you get back. Um, as MJF is like really turning into a changed man. Um, as Adam Cole is like, you know, they, they, they embrace. He's like, thank you, man. I appreciate you understanding. And he rolls underneath the ring ropes. And Adam, like Roderick Strong's like still calling over to Adam Cole. He's like, Adam. He's like, dude, I'm on crutches. Like, what the fuck you want me to do? <laughs> I'm like walking as, I'm limping as fast as I can here. So they, they, all of them go to the back. MJF's left in the ring and Jay White interrupts. Jay White, um, you know, from Bullet Club Gold uh, interrupts. Switchblade Jay White, as you guys know from New Japan, uh, you know, obviously. But um, so, yeah, Jay White interrupts as both men just have pretty much a back and forth on the microphone. P- pretty cool. It's pretty decent exchange on the microphone. Nothing that's kind of like you know, anything that I haven't seen that was anything, you know, better between MJF and a CM Punk or an Eddie Kingston and a CM Punk before, but still pretty, pretty decent back and forth from both of these men. And here's the thing I'll say about Jay White before I go further into this. I I, I really, I've, I've always, I, I've always liked Jay White. I really have. I really always truly have seen Jay White as a tremendous freaking talent, as I'm sure as a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people think that I just look at people like Jay White and, you know, as just one of those freaking, I guess, yeah, I don't know, those freaking, those, one of those indie wrestlers or one of those high flyers, even though Jay White's really not a high flyer, but just one of those people that, you know, is not, is just kind of underneath the radar. Well, again, I said the same thing about Will Offspray, and I say that, and I'm going to say the same thing about, about Jay White, like Jay White has so much to offer in this industry. And I feel like ever since Jay White has come on to AEW, obviously for, you know, from when he did come on to AEW, that was a pretty much a big, that was a big fuck you to WWE <laughs> to have him start the show because, you know, Tony Khan and AEW knew, I'm sure that that wasn't, I mean, that was to start the show for a fucking reason because they, WWE at the time had interest in signing Jay White and they, they, they couldn't, they couldn't lock him up, but AEW did. Um, and, but ever since though, man, I mean, look, the bullet club gold, they, they really do have potential to be a decent faction. They really do. But the problem is they don't do anything, right? I mean, yeah, they win some matches here and there. You got Colt, you got the guns, you got juice Robinson, which who, who I also give, you know, props to Juice Robinson. His stock has definitely has gone up, um, you know, ever you know, for months now. You know, I mean, there was a time to where I'm like, wait, who the fuck is Juice Robinson? Who is this dude? Well, now you know who he is because of this faction. The problem is, though, man, like this faction should be running through the locker room. They really should. Right. You don't have the Jericho Appreciation Society more. You have this Don Callis family shtick. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but they're pretty much if one of or if not the top faction in your in your company you know they should legit be running people fucking over i mean they they should be taking over they should be freaking 
running amok, right? Outside of like the Bullet Club, I don't know what's going on with the Bullet Club, but they should legit feel like a dominant freaking faction, but they they just feel like just another faction. That's just kind of who who Bullet Club has just has just felt as such. Um and what sucks is that yeah, they 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 all gel together very well, but they don't do anything. <laughs> they have a cool little entrance, I give them that, but they they really don't they they there's still another layer that they need to really achieve to really get to get a lot of majority fans to really care about what they're doing. Um but going back to Jay White man, you know, Jay White Jay White needs something like this. You know, for this for the test of time Jay White has come on to to AEW and he just feels like a again similar to Bullet Club Gold, just another member on the roster, right? I mean, he had his shtick with Ricky Starks that felt so unimportant because of how much just very little to no effort was put into that, and that's derailed Ricky Starks in the process. And yeah, man, I mean, this is a guy that you know the wrestling world, you know, as a free agent was like, man, Jay White, who's going to pick up Jay White? And he comes over to AEW. He's supposed to be this this top star, like a big deal. And ever since he's joined, he made his. He hasn't really felt anything important, honestly. He's, as he's had good matches here and there, sure. But this with MJF in this scene is something that he just he's needed. He's he's he needs something like this. You know, it sucks that it has to be thrusted into a championship, but that's the unfortunate thing about AEW outside of MJF in this feud. You know, may, if you want to rest, you know, Jericho and Sammy Guevara to an extent, okay. But outside of that, there's really, there's really nothing to latch onto. So this is really the only thing that you can involve Jay White in regards to this. But they go back and forth um, on the microphone. You know, MJF, he goes on to say, listen, man, you know, I've been compared to a lot of people in life. You know, I've been compared to a lot of wrestlers like, oh, MJF is good, but he's no blank. You know, MJF is good, but he's no Jay White. And MJF took that really freaking personally. You know, he talks about freaking, you know, Jay White smoking freaking some, you know, Denver, Colorado freaking stuff <laughs> in the freaking promo. Um, you know, and just, you know, MJF, he, he, he refers to, he refers to Jay White as tofu, right? It's like, listen, if you get rid of all the, the herbs and the spices that makes tofu somewhat taste good, right? You get, you know, you take Jay White, you get rid of the cool nickname, the cool entrance, the cool little freaking, uh, the, the little faction that, that, you know, the little, the faction that is the most popular faction in professional wrestling, that's Bullet Club. Take away all of that. You have Jay White. That's just bland like freaking tofu <laughs> that and that was pretty much the whole pretty much the whole shtick and freaking jay whitey he 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 freaking he holds his own in this freaking promo or in this exchange and he says like you know it's kind of funny how all elite wrestling you know all elite wrestling world heavyweight champion doesn't seem so elite when compared to switchblade jay white i mean this dude jay white man he was running on all freaking cylinders in this promo. There was no stuttering, no hesitation, just freaking go full, th going full throttle with it. Um, and, and it was just really, really well done from Jay White. And he says, don't worry, Maxi boy. <laughs> he says, at the end of the day, they will have you, you will have all of them and I will have 
the triple B baby. <laughs> so obviously, you know, freaking mocking Adam Cole, as you guys know. Um, but really, again, man, tremendous stuff from freaking Jay White. And again, you know, I, people think that I just shit on certain wrestlers just to shit on these wrestlers. It, but it's really not the case. You know, if you if you give me a reason to care about Jay White, if you give people like casual fans that don't know much about New Japan, that don't know much about these these promotions overseas, then they're not going to care about people like Jay White. They're not going to care about the Bullet Club Gold. But if you book something like this with Jay White, then that's now there's a conversation, you know. Now, what does this lead for Bullet Club Gold because he's a part of this? Is is, is Bullet Club Gold just going to be kind of like the lackeys to MJF? Are we going to see MJF face off against each member of, of Bullet Club Gold? That would kind of just be the lazy, redundant way to go about things, uh, which I can freaking see AEW doing. Um, but yeah, man, Jay White needs something like this, you know. Not not just not just throwing him into a world title match. That's not even really it. It's involving him something that has substance and that has care. And again, it sucks that it has to be the only storyline, the only substance that you have in your entire company, which involves freaking MJF. So, but MJ, so it looks like they're going to have this match. Freaking who knows? I'm freaking on board. You give me MJF. You give me Jay White. And you put some care and stock and effort into it. I am freaking on board, man. Freaking sign me up. Um, really liked it. Really liked this interaction. Um, and we'll see where it goes. You know, I think again, Jay White. This is much needed for him. I think taking a loss because again, with MJF, like there's no way. Like Jay White, as of right now, holding onto a world championship is just. It's just not the time. You know, like I said, you have him in this feud. It's needed. You know, and this is where, right, we always talk about victory and defeat, right? We think of just throwing like a main roster talent on WWE with an NXT talent and think like, oh, they just, they lose the match for the 70th straight fucking time and thinking that's star power, that's momentum. Well, no, motherfucker, that's not how it works. But with Jay White, for somebody that needs, you know, that that needs, you know, casual fans to really gravitate towards this dude that doesn't know much about Jay White and you put him in this situation with MJF, that's star power. That's losing in defeat, right? So it, losing this match to MJF is not going to harm him because the story is going to be told. It's going it, it's it's not going to hurt his momentum at all, but then after that, man, once Jay White is finished with his at least for his part of the story, then him as well as the rest of Bullet Club Gold can really, you know, dominate and really turn that AW locker room upside down, which they should be doing by now. But yeah, man, that that's 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 pretty much it. That that's that's my genuine, honest take about that in regards to eight in regards to Jay White and, and MGF. When do they have this title match? I'm not sure. But I'm I'm sure we're gonna soon find out as obviously they don't want to you know freaking rush this to wrestle dream. That would be really freaking no, no, absolutely not. Um, so who freaking knows? So who freaking knows when they have this match? Um, but I'm damn excited for it. Um, I'll give it a chance, 100. Um, it, um, sign me up. I'm on board with it. And you know, MJF being the babyface as of right now, I think is 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 a is a tremendous way. Is still a tremendous way to go about things. Him remaining in this babyface role um, is the right call for sure. 
MJF has kind of needed this shtick. And, and I think it's doing wonders for him and evolving his character. You know, just not just being, you know, the heel, the heel character that just, you know, tr- you know, pays off a bunch of cronies to do his dirty work. You know, MJF is, is more than that. He can be a baby face just as good as he is as a freaking heel. So I do love all of that in this regard. Um, and then finally we get to this cliffhanger, man. We get into this cliffhanger. Um, so freaking Adam Page and Swerve Strickland had some type of a contract signing um, to end the show. Kind of a weird way. And that's the that, that was my first initial reaction. I'm like, are they really about to end the show with Adam Page and Swerve Strickland? Like, come on. <laughs> like, what are we? I'm like, come on, bro. Like, is this, is this really what we're doing, bro? Come on. No, no, you're, you're Tony Khan. Like what, what, what are we doing, bro? Are you joking? Like, but that was not the case, man. As we immediately go backstage and Jay White is getting his ass kicked backstage with a bunch of these masked men dressing in all black. They got masks or whatever over their face. And then there's another man with MJF's devil's mask as he as he looks straight into the camera and he grabs the camera um where his hand covers the camera um as aw dynamite goes off the air so so that's the big question man like as as we go off the air like who is behind mjf's devil's mask is it mjf i don't think it's mjf if you look at his stature it's a smaller guy right this is a smaller dude it's it's not mjf and I don't know. I mean, and who knows? Could it be anybody new that could be added to the story? Who freaking knows? I'm going to get into that in just a second. Um, but let me start off with this, man. This, like, thank you. I mean, fucking thank you. Tony Khan, was this so much to freaking ask for? A cliffhanger. A moment in the show to where now fans have to see what happens next week on Dynamite. That's what you do. You know, instead of the run-of-the-muck shit that we've seen from this company week after week, month after month, with just a really good technical wrestling match with with, with freaking Excalibur or freaking Tony Schiavone saying, thank you for joining us. Good night, everybody. Every single freaking week. But now, now there's a need to see where this goes. You know, does it end up being great? Does it end up freaking going off the rails? Who freaking knows? So, so here's what I'll say to end things, to end this podcast as I, as I dissect this here, you know, obviously you, obviously you would think, or they want to make you think that this is MJF. I don't believe that this is MJF. Again, as you can see, again, this, this, whoever this person is, he's obviously a smaller guy. You can see by his stature, you could see by his look, you know, they want you to make, make you think cause it's MGF because he is attacking Jay white. Um, you know, people think that this, this is, this could be a completely different person adding into this, this story. And, and of course you would think a lot of people would, you know, people think that it's, it's Adam Cole. Right. People think that this injury is a work and I'm going to get to that in just a second. You know, people think that it's Adam Cole and maybe it's Roderick Strong as well as the kingdom being these other uh, other men, you know, other masked men involved in this attack. Um, it's it's interesting, man. You know, and here's the thing with this. Right. So now 
so even though as great as this was, as now we look, we, we looked, you know, going forward, we look beyond what this is leading to, right? They really have to hit a home run with this. Like you can't, you can't reveal this person to just be a Kyle O'Reilly or a Roderick Strong or some other schmuck that a, a bunch of casual fans and majority fans are going to be like, oh, it's Roderick Strong. Like, do, do we need to do a mask, a devil's mask reveal for that? Like, that's the thing, man. Like, for, for a Kyle O'Reilly or a Roderick Strong, like, to me, that would be kind of pointless. To, to build all of that up for it just to be Roderick Strong, to be revealed to be Roderick Strong or, or something or, or something like that, right? Um, so here, here is my honest take, right? Obviously, with this injury, th- there's obviously some audibles that are going to have to be called because of this injury. Because here's the thing, guys. This injury is not a work. Adam Cole is legit freaking hurt. <laughs> obviously, Britt Brit Baker and her tweet, her, her, uh, her post on social media pretty much confirms that, that Adam Cole's ankle is pretty much fucking shattered. And it sucks. However, man, because of this angle, you know, I, if I really, if I were to be honest with everybody, I still feel like this is a way for it to still be revealed as Adam Cole at the end of the day, you know, and I'm not saying that that was Adam Cole in that segment, but the story being told for it to eventually be Adam Cole, if that makes sense to everybody. You know, because again, you know, there's, there's some, there's people that are called stunt doubles, right? So the case could be that maybe AEW use somebody that has the same stature of Adam Cole, the same size as Adam Cole. And this is a way for you to kind of prolong this, this reveal to when Adam Cole gets healthy, his, his ankle is somewhat, you know, in better shape, maybe not at a hundred percent. Cause I can kind of see them wanting to kind of rush Adam Cole somewhat, you know, we, we <laughs> freak, I mean, shoot freaking Adam. I mean, AW is known to run a sloppy shop at times. I mean, I hope that that's not the case of what they do of rushing this injury, but this seems like a way for somebody like Adam Cole, for somebody who looks like Adam Cole to play the part in this story to believe, to make you believe it's Adam Cole to make you believe that this is a guy that is sabotaging MJF sabotaging MJF because he has this match or it seems like this upcoming match with Jay White. That's why Jay White was targeted. Um, It's also weird with bullet club gold, not being involved in this. That's very interesting as well. But outside of that, it's, it seems to me like they want to drag this on to make it still be Adam Cole. And there's and another reason why I truly believe this is Adam Cole, because if you remember, there was a, there's a photo on social media. I believe this was after the all in uh pay-per-view and there, and it was Adam Cole and backstage, Adam Cole and, and MJF backstage in their locker room. And on Adam Cole's side of the locker room, there's MJF's devil's mask. Coincidence? I don't know. But it's just for a lot of wrestling fans, and I can understand it to an extent that, you know, you saw what happened that transpired last night and you would think it has to be Adam Cole because who else would it freaking be? Because to add another body into this and to kind of drag this on 
to where if you would make this reveal and it's like a it's like a Kyle O'Reilly or Roderick Strong. At that point, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I'm like, okay, I'm turned off. I'm going to just be honest with you. However, now I'm not saying that this is this is going to work out in everybody's favor here, but it seems to me like a stunt double is being pulled here to where they're taking a guy that has Adam Cole's stature and his size, and this and it's sub, it's subjective to be Adam Cole for the time being, being masked, being unknown. And whenever the time comes for Adam Cole to return from this injury, Adam Cole will be revealed to be, to be that person, you know, even though Adam Cole probably wasn't that guy behind the mask in real time, but who's to say that Adam Cole at the end of the day, when he is, when that mask, when that, when this mask person is revealed that it's not Adam Cole at the end of the day, you know, to me that just, even though it could drag out, to where it's kind of like, I don't know, what's 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 the word I'm looking for? To where fans kind of just get turned off by it? Sure, absolutely. But at the end of the, because now, and it's unfortunate, man, it's just now you're, you're in a rock and a hard place when it comes to this injury. But as of right now, man, like that's the only semblance of sense that this could make in regards to this mask person wearing the MJF devil's mask uh, to be revealed as such, to be revealed as Adam Cole. And that's really it. Or again, unless Tony Khan just has something, something completely, completely out of the ordinary that we just don't know about in regards to adding another person into this, we, we shall soon find out. Um, but that's my take on it, man. You know, I think that because of this injury, they're they take they're they're taking somebody with Adam Cole's similar stature, similar size, and and it's and it's subjective to be Adam Cole. Um, you know, sabotaging MJF and furthering the story to when Adam Cole does turn on MJF because that seems like where it's headed. It seems like that MJF is going to continue this babyface role. Which honestly, he should at this point because it um, this this babyface character has really caught fire for him, you know. But yeah, that's it, man. Even though even though Adam Cole is dealing with this injury, which again, guys, it's not a work; he's fucking injured. But even with this injury, this masked person is still planned to be Adam Cole, and this is going to this this is going to be you know, dragged on once Adam Cole gets someone healthy, you know, again, it's a broken angle. And that's kind of like that, that that's kind of the risk that you're taking to really drag this on if it is Adam Cole. So I don't know. Is it Adam Cole? Is it MJF? Is it somebody completely new that is going to get added into this entire situation? Who freaking knows, man. But from what I'm seeing, from what I've seen, and I'm sure what a lot of professional res wrestling fans have seen, and how how much more or how much sense this can make with Adam Cole being injured, using a stunt double to portray as Adam Cole makes the most sense. How long do you drag that out? You know, that's that's the blunder about this entire thing. But we'll see. 
but we'll see, man. You know, that's my take in regards to all that. But hey, man, freaking, you know, AEW, I'm going to end it with this. AEW, Tony Khan, this is for you guys. This is for you. Thank you. Thank you. It is about damn fucking time you end these shows. You've end, you ended this you end this show, at least one of your shows, with a cliffhanger. Thank you. Was that so fucking hard to do? Seriously. <laughs> Just yeah, man. Thank you. Finally, AEW freaking got their head out of their fucking ass. And they gave us a cliffhanger for us to somewhat be intrigued for next week's show or for we show for next week's show, as well as many shows to come. Thank you. That's all we ask for, man. Make us care. Give us a reason to care about the story that you're telling. Give us a reason to care about the superstars and give us a reason to tune in week after week after week. Because you can only see so many great technical wrestling matches using the same movesets and the same everything. You can only do that to, 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 to a major extent. But when you do shit like that, when you still rest on the laurels that makes professional wrestling special, now there's a conversation. Major props to AEW. Major props to Tony Khan. You know, does this go off the rails? Does this continue to progress? This, does this become freaking epic? We shall soon find out. But at the end of the day, man, this was really good to see. A cliffhanger that I'm sure has, that sure has gotten the entire professional wrestling talking and interested to see where this goes, as well as myself. Especially for this company, because it is desperately, desperately freaking needed. So much props, man, to A-Dub, to Tony Khan, to AEW. Major props to you guys because it is, a, it is about damn freaking time. And that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Make sure you guys stay tuned for this weekend as I will be talking uh, WWE SmackDown as our shift is now focused back over to WWE and the main roster to see where things lead with the bloodline, with Jimmy Uso and everyone else involved, John Cena, as well as many other stuff um, over on SmackDown as that will be talked about on Sunday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for today or for that episode on Sunday, um, as well as we'll be back once again for Monday Night Raw on Tuesday, as well as, of course, there are many more special guests up in the works um, a lot of professional wrestlers are also in the works to be a part of the show. We have a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, special guests who are professional wrestlers um, are in the works as of right now to be a part of the show in the month of October. So a lot of juicy, good stuff coming, coming your guys' way in regards to, in regards to content, in regards to this platform and in this podcast should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that as well as whenever Brian Thomas, my man, my man, Brian, my co-host comes back onto the show. So make sure you guys stay tuned and stay notified for when Brian does come back. Um, and Brian, if you're watching this man, shout out to you. Uh, can't wait to have you back soon and hope all is well, dude. So, um, but yeah, man, so we have Monday night raw 
the review coming up on Tuesday. And of course, you know, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, who freaking knows what, you know, what other wrestling, <laughs> what other wrestling news breaks out, whether it's more releases or stuff about freaking stuff about Roman Reigns and appearances and stuff with Endeavor. Who freaking knows, man, for the professional wrestling it's been a wild freaking ride in the past couple of months in today's professional wrestling. So, but we'll, we shall see, man. So Monday night raw for Tuesday, Monday night raws review Tuesday, make sure to stay tuned for that. And we're right back here next week, talking both wrestle dream as well as uh, NXT, no mercy. Um, will I be doing a full review? I'm not sure yet. Uh, make, you know, you guys have to stay tuned to find out. Um, in regards to that, not sure if I'm going to do a full review for both shows or just, you know, kind of pinpoint, you know, some some big matches, some big headlines that came out of those shows. But uh, make sure you guys stay tuned to uh, to to find that out. And, and of course, we're right back at it. Um, you know, of course, this coming Sunday with uh, SmackDown with SmackDown's review, as well as a whole bunch of more stuff to cover. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure you guys go follow us on social media. Make sure you guys join our Facebook page, as well as join us on Instagram and TikTok. Follow those pages. That is in, that is ruthless underscore talk, both Instagram and TikTok. Make sure you guys follow those platforms. Thank you guys to everybody that has hit that follow button, as well as join these podcasts, regardless if you're watching it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for being a part of this platform. And make sure you guys stay tuned for more professional wrestling chaos to come. That's going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli, and your boy is signing off, saying salute, peace out, and take care of you.